Welcome back to the Compound Podcast. This is episode 70. Yes. We're in the seven zeros. So I started my morning feeling like Big Cat because I was out of coffee and I felt like I was going to die. So I had to run. It was a couple minutes late because I had to run and get myself some coffee. I will say I love waking up every morning and seeing what like gif he tweeted out of what like to do with coffee. It's hilarious but he just had one of our former guests on his podcast yeah had pat Connaughton after they won the nba championship and can we just say that we were there before we we took him before he won a title that's fine like they can have him now he's he's all you know he's a front runner that's all yeah i mean we knew that he was going to bring a title to milwaukee uh, we obviously knew he was a great guy, and we just wanted to talk to him because, you know, he's a friend of our podcast. That's all. But big big congrats. We like to see our guys doing big things. Right, should we start with Javi? Yes. Have you have you guys come down yet from that rush of emotion that, in the night? That was, yeah, it was pretty incredible. I overlooked is Wilson's home run in the eighth to tie the game. Yeah. Right. I, didn't, I actually was, didn't even see that. It was crushed. So Wilson hit a laser to tie the game in the eighth. And then, so we came up in, and then Kimbrell came in in the ninth and obviously shut it down. He's ridiculous. And then. Well, didn't he, didn't he get to like second and third, nobody out and then strike out three in a row? Yeah, but nobody was worried. That's no a, you said he shut it down. I was like, I got Harry. And then he said, no, thanks. You can't yeah, score. At no point did anyone panic. I think no. there was, it was first and second one out. And then he yanked one um, to make it second and third. And then I think he went ticket, ticket. Because and it was like Votto. It was like the middle of the order. I know Votto was one of the three. Like, Yeah. Not, because not a problem. Yeah. Not a problem for Craig. Um what about Keegan Thompson getting fired up too? I don't think I've ever seen him like get fired up like that. He get fired up? Yeah, he struck out somebody with bases loaded down. It was like in the eighth, I think. It was five four game. And he was like top of the eighth. Man. Let's go. Good. I I didn't see it because I was down under um, getting ready to pinch hit. When you're uh, underneath, the only camera view that we have is the behind home plate, like disgusting. I like, can't see anything. It's like basically the press box view so you can see if a play happens uh or you can see if the umpires calling balls or strikes but you can't really see much else so i didn't pay attention to the excitement does it kind of mess you up as a pitcher when you're trying to have a bunch of excitement and then the umpire is walking over to check you for foreign substance um no because by the time you get past the line like typically you're you're pretty calmed down like you know what i mean like you're not still like fired up when you take 10 steps you just you're just breathing in his face <laughs> <laughs> we had our starter the other day gave up four runs in the first inning and he, has, he got checked after the first and he was just joking around keeping the light he's like you really think i'm using sticky after that fucking performance and i guess the umpire like didn't even think it was a joke he's like no 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 i don't think you're using it i just have to check you he's like i'm, I'm joking yeah it's a that's a tough middle ground for them they're trying to it's it's tough after a bad inning to to have to like go have the umpires check your glove. I'm like, did you see what happened out there? Do you think there's stick on my hand? No, there's not. Okay. I said, and just shove the glove and the hat right in their face. Just fucking yeah. take it here. I don't want. It. 
There was a call-up umpire, triple-A umpire at third base. And Trevor Williams, I think, knew him or but was being hilarious with him in the first inning uh, and was saying, you know, hey, don't blow anything today. And he was like, he was like giving him shit about not wearing Jordans because some of the veteran umpires are wearing Jordans, base coaches are wearing Jordans. And he was like, look at the number on my arm. I'm 107. I'm not wearing Jordans yet. And, <laughs> and so, but you know, like anytime that happens, there's going to be a call in the game that's going to come down to this guy. So in the ninth, he had two check swings on Votto in the same at bat when Kimbrell punched him out. And I, they need to find the video on this. We'll, we'll put Tom on that. But he checked swings the first time, and it was like borderline and gets him. And then the second time, he did go, but same thing. Bang. And then Votto's walking back to the dugout and he goes, eh. <laughs> it, it was fucking hilarious. That reminded me of uh, – we'll get back to the bias part of this. Um, but to do with umpires, I love sitting in the dugout. Like Columbus, the pitchers were in the dugout again. There was no bullpen. Just to hear the position players, like they – I don't realize how much you guys like talk shit to umpires and like get away with what you say until I sat in the dugout. There was one – I think it was like Rivas was hitting and he checked swung and the ump said he went. And like everyone's like, ah, oh, like no way. And Martini, he goes, I didn't even fucking see it, but I'll get after him. Hey, wake it up! You gotta wake it up. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I didn't even see the swing. Get out, get your head out of your ass! Like screaming it at him. I was like, Patini. and then he goes, Hey, Swarm, you gonna take the ejection for me? I'll pay the fine. Sorry, right, but you gotta get ejected. Like I can't get tossed. I uh, the there was a Wilson ejection uh, two days yeah. ago now, and he was. He was really – it was a ninth inning – maybe it was three days ago. It was a ninth inning. We were losing ejection. So, you know, we were, like, down six, and he's trying to get around Rossi. And Rossi really did a good job keeping his feet in the front. He was playing good day, moving with him. But you can't – if you're going to get ejected like that, you can't make it too crazy or you'll get suspended. So, you get, it's a fine line. Yeah. About that ninth inning ejection. Wait, you get it – you get it. A suspension if you get tossed in the ninth? No, but if like if you run out of the dugout or you say something too crazy to the umpire, you know, oh, a ninth yeah. inning ejection is a nice thing because you're not affecting anybody else. You know, you're saying your piece, but I've still never been tossed, man. I've never been tossed. I really want to still. Yeah, you gotta work. You gotta work yeah. on that. Nothing too bad's happened to me though. Like when I'm pitching, like I was, I wasn't gonna get tossed from the dugout. Like I Why might not? have to pitch, and that looks bad. But like if I'm pitching, like. I haven't had that bad of calls against me. I like, it needs to be pretty the bad. Once. What'd you say? Get tossed from the dugout. Yeah, do it for the pod. So but pod. if I do that and I'm, like, supposed to pitch that day, like... Well, do it on a day you're not supposed to pitch. Do it, it, do oh. it the day after you pitch. It has to be... You I'm, soft. Every time, every I'm soft, man. You are soft. You're soft, soft as applesauce. Because even if I did get tossed, I'd probably just start laughing once he threw me out. I'd be like, that's hilarious. I got tossed. And I'd just go inside. All right, let's talk about Hoppy. Yes. I think people know the history, but maybe people don't know the entire history. You're our inside source. Of the Javi Baez, Amir Garrett. It's, it's really know. Amir Garrett versus about half the Cubs team. Yeah. Well, I don't know what, I don't know what the first thing was, but 
or or the date of it, but Javi hit a home run off Amir, and it might have been a grand slam in Cincinnati, and I th- and I think that was maybe 2018, and maybe end of 2018, and like he hit a grand slam very far and did what Javi normally does, which is a pimp job, but like it's pretty graceful, you know. He's pretty he's pretty exciting guy. It's a good looking pimp job. And so Amir took offense to that, but nobody had any idea at the time. Fast forward in 19, in like kind of a weird situation um, where the game wasn't really on the line, Garrett punches Javi out and loses his mind. Javi did not like that. I think we've all seen that video. And then what happened, and then Javi took him deep. And they've had a bunch of other interactions since then, but Javi took him deep. Uh, and the Rizzo thing wasn't that this year. Yeah, and the Rizzo thing was this year. So Javi took him deep last year, and the Rizzo thing this year, uh, and then so that moment set up so perfect with bases loaded, and there was nobody out. Uh, one out. One out. One out. One out. One out. One out. That's so, one where if like you're Javi, you're walking in the box, they're already chirping. You cannot strike out and you cannot ground and do a double play. Like you, you just, you can't do it. No. I you saw can't. everybody on the fence and like, there's a video or not like a video, but like PP was in there and he was just smiling ear to ear. And just like, everybody knew what was going to happen. Well, yeah. And Javi was supposed to be down from that game. So Javi wasn't supposed to play at all because he stepped on the bag funny. Uh, and his heel was, was bugging him. So he said, he said, I only got one speed today. It's Albert Pujols. That's about as fast as I can go down the line. And he he hit and he got himself ready for a pinch hit in the ninth. And they were like, no. So that I pinch hit in that spot for the pitcher because they were like, no, keep Javi down. Good AB, uh, by the way. Yeah, sick. And then, uh, and then he gets to that – they get to that spot and you're kind of looking around going, all right, it's left on left and we have Javi on the bench. Like, you – can't not use him and i think javi went up and said like this this is my bat like you're not like i'm in there who was supposed to hit it was ortega and so i was already on the field so i could have gone out and played center uh so it made sense that if javi you know if javi doesn't get the job done there they can just put the pitcher in his spot but there was no doubt there was never a doubt he was gonna get it done and what an electric pimp job i've never seen anything like what he did and his helmet was off, and his jersey was untucked before he touched first base. It was a good thing that he didn't have to touch first base because there would have been, like, some rulings coming into play of, like, was he safe at first even? Oh, yeah. Like, if that was two outs? If that was two outs, it might have not counted. 100%. That's why and, I think what Wilson was pushing him. I was like, hey, great yeah, job. like, hey, man, go just go touch, touch first. first go he touch said, first. He's, he said Wilson was telling him, we won the game, we won the game, because I know we won the game. <laughs> <laughs> but he uh, he was doing – everyone was like, was he rowing? What was he doing? When we were in Cincinnati last, Garrett got the last out, and he gave us the – because they swept us, and he yeah. gave us the broom. And so Javi was like, giving him the broom. That is wild. I am very surprised – like nothing happened. Like I'm surprised Amir Garrett. I mean, I get like you just gave up a walk off. Like you got to just take it. But like I'm surprised he just let him keep talking and just like walked into the dugout. Yeah, be interesting well, to see what the next couple of days are like. 
I yep. was going to say, these next few days are going to be must-watch TV. I hope MLB Network's on top of it. John Boy's going to be on top of it, I'll tell you that. Yeah, that's right. I There was, like you said, there was just no doubt. De- I didn't watch it. I just saw the highlight. When he's walking to the plate, you know something special is going to happen in favor of Javi. Like, no, no offense to Amir Garrett, nothing against him, but, like, and I said, I'll, honestly, was that the last hurrah before you before everything breaks off for the Cubs? Stop, stop. Hey, I'm just saying, did the baseball gods know? And they said, hey, this is going to be sick. It's going to be the last part. I won't comment on this. I will not comment on this. But there was just a Brizzo back-to-back and then that. So, I, hey. But I'm not commenting. Did you see the picture of them at home plate, too? I'm not commenting. I didn't know. Yes, I saw it. I'm not commenting. Zach, Zach, since Ian won't comment, what is your prediction for who they keep of the three? Dude, I, it's so funny. Like, I'll just see – because I love this time of the year. I love the chaos. I oh, love trade deadlines are nuts. As a I'm, guy that went at the deadline, Zach loves the deadline. Love that, the big deadline. deadline guy. Yes. Um, no, but I don't know because, like, I'll see conflicting reports where it's like, oh, they're going to keep Javi, they're going to keep Rizzo, and then the next day they're like, I see all four of them leaving within the next three days. And it's like, all right, what do we do? Well, Chafin got traded mid-game yesterday. Yeah. I'll watch. How about his uh, his post-game, like Rossi said in an interview, goes, one bad outing, I get traded, huh? Because like his last outing was like the first time he gave up runs in two months. I actually, I didn't get to say goodbye to him. I never, I didn't. I didn't oh, you're not saying goodbye to people. That's I, No, I felt terrible. I, I got home yesterday. What else is new? I got home yesterday and I was like, I didn't, I was like driving home and I was like, oh shit. Like I never saw him to say goodbye to him. And now, and, and that, and then I was like, maybe like with medical, so I was like trying to convince myself he might be back in the clubhouse tomorrow. So I would not be a terrible person, but I'm gone. I'm a terrible priority in Oakland right now getting fitted. So this is a terrible guy. You haven't said bye to somebody, you know, like gave him a hug or something. Don't even give me prediction. Which one of the three would you keep if you if you had infinite money? No, not even infinite money because you got to take into account like KB's worth the most. Which yep. one of the three are you keeping? If you're keeping one, are you extending? Wow, this is an unbelievable question. You're not with the Cubs, so it's okay. No, for I you know, I know. I think Javi is the most one of the most electric players in baseball, and he does all the. Um, like intangibles that you can't measure, you know, like the big moment, you know, he was getting that shit done, you know, like the crazy tags, like the crazy base running. Um, Rizzo gets every talk about every big moment. He gets it done. He is putting his whole body on the line for every at bat. He is standing on the plate, hoping to get hit. Um, but honestly, like you said, no cap limit, no nothing. I'm, I got to keep KB. Yeah. I, I would agree with that assessment if I had to pick. But I think it's crazy to me that how good all three are. Right. That, like, two of them at least are probably going to get traded. It's on – like, good thing my name is not Jed Hoyer and I have to make this decision because I, I wouldn't know what to do. I would just panic. I'd be like, yeah, I don't know, guys. You know what I would do? Push all my chips in the middle. Extend all three. Trade for Scherzer. Trevor Story. Let's go get them both. All your chips in the middle. Everything in the middle. Let's go, boys. The no season's way. not over. All their chips in the middle is the fucking Padres. 
Yeah, they said they're still looking for another starting pitcher. Bro, they might flip Hosmer. They have to. Cronenworth's too good. Yeah, it's he has to play. But they said why'd they get Frazier? They said he could play everywhere. He can. Cronenworth can. And I talked to I talked to Greeny because I I asked so Andy Green was the manager there, obviously, and knows uh knows that team pretty well. So I, I asked him, I was like, Hey, Cronenworth, can he like he's pretty nasty at second, right? He was like, No, he's a gold clubber. He's like him and Nico, probably the two best defensive second baseman of the game. But he said but he would be a gold glover at first too. But like where do you put Frazier? You put him at second and then you have to flip Hosmer within the next three days or five days, whatever it is. I guess they could yeah, they can let Cronenworth play corner outfield until then, right? Cronenworth plays first? Yeah. He's, yeah, he's he four foot pitch. tall. It's Zach size. And he pitches. That's Zach size playing first base. Yeah, fucking good hands. Catch anything. Look at you, Zach. Come on. You're not. I did see Oz has a Oz has a 10 team no trade, though. And it went from he had a full no trade the last couple of years, and that turned into a 10 team no trade this year. The Go Tigers are on one of them. If, yeah, oh, they are. Man. If I was, was going to put you, if I was going to put you on the spot, I'd ask for your 10 team no trade. I, I, I was thinking think about I, that I today. I was have, thinking, I was I thinking. think you'd have to play for a while to even like have a no trade. Like, I'd play anywhere. Like so, yeah. I'm saying, no. okay, this question yes. more pertains to Hap then because me and Zach would. Uh, no yeah, chance. it would be like if, you know, once you're getting to that, like if you were going into free agency and you had your pick, it would be like the 10 teams that you were like, I'm not going to, I do not. I'd go to Washington just to play in D.C. But no one's going to say that because no one's going to put that black mark on themselves. I think Schwarber, or not Schwarber, Scherzer has a, like he can veto anywhere. He can, yeah. And he, he'll, he said he's willing to waive it. Somebody did that recently. Well, unless I'm sure he's willing to waive it unless they pick, like, I don't know, a team that he doesn't like. I don't know who he wouldn't like. Like, Yeah, it would be like like, he would have to – it would have to be one of the teams that is competing that he's – like San Diego. Like if San Diego was like, hey, man, why don't you come win a World Series with us? He'd be like, like, no, that's okay. I don't – I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I don't want to pay taxes. Unless he goes Um, and be a Yankee. Ooh. The Yankees, they're going to be aggressive at the deadline, huh? You have to, man. With that roster, you can't, you can't not buy. Like, even if they're not doing that good, like, they have to buy and try to make a push. I saw, I saw a, uh, a number of games started by their outfielders this year. Oh, Gardner leads it. Gardner. Brett Gardner. 82 starts or 83 starts. Most. They they can't stay healthy. They have to be the least healthy team in all of baseball. I had a discussion about this uh, in spring training with um, about just different body types and how hard it is for those big body guys to stay healthy. Like if you're six eight, like judges are standing six four, two hundred and thirty, two hundred and sixty pounds going and playing the outfield every single day. Like you just don't see a lot of big body guys like that play the outfield every single day. They're DHing or they're playing first. Um, or you have like a Miguel Sano or somebody who's, you know, who's sitting at third base, but those big body guys, it's just, it's a lot on the body to stand out there. And the one thing I give Jay the most credit in the world because Jay is a massive person um, and he has that body type, but the way that he trains he trains more like a basketball player. Like he trains to be on his feet and he trains in that way where he doesn't, he knows that if he worked out and lifted like a football player, or like more 
power way, he would blow up. Uh, and he could play like he could be 250 like very quickly. And but he knows that he would he wouldn't be able to play like he would hurt himself. He'd be too bulky. So do you think he could do that and then just like have like two seasons of hitting like 50 homers and then it it would be like maybe. If, if that guy blew himself up to 250, he would be just terrifying. I mean, he easily could because he's like a skinny like not even, like I don't not skinny. I don't know how to, you know what I'm saying? Like he's, he's just a size like, 30 waist. He's a size 30 waist. That's insanity. That's the craziest thing ever. There's no way. Zach, what's your waist? <laughs> You're fatter than Jason Hayward. He's, he's a mannequin. That's unbelievable. I got a size 38. But that I'm saying <laughs> when thinking about like those big body guys playing the outfield and like how they prepare for the season, it's just, like it would be, it would be great for baseball, and it would be great for the Yankees if those guys were playing 150 games a year. Like it would be to be able to see Judge and Stanton play in the lineup together for 150 games would be phenomenal. Well, that's like I think I said it last week. That's like when uh, I think we talked about it last week of uh, the Ripken record. Like, yeah, no chance. No one's ever gonna come close to that ever again. Like that'll that to me is the most unbreakable record in the history of sports. You could cut the – like, people are like, if they shorten the season, I'm like, it doesn't matter if they shorten the season because no one's playing every single game for, like, six straight years to beat it. No. And I, I find it absolutely incredible when somebody plays 162. Marcus oh. Simeon played 162. Um, I remember watching Votto do it, and I think it was 18. He, we finished it at Wrigley, and he – Played one, he came out in like the fifth inning of the last game. Played one, he started at 162. Matt, like, there was a point this year a few weeks ago, like I played 12 in a row. And, you know, being in the big leagues. Uh, humble break? Yeah. <laughs> Oops. But, uh, well, I wasn't supposed to play two of them. We had injuries. So, but hey, we don't, they still count 12 in a row. Something like that. And it was like, it's so mentally taxing in the big leagues. You have to like just be so, obviously, so focused all the time. And it's like, oh, I can't wait. I need a day. And it's like 12 compared to 162 is just out of this world. Out of this world. What's up, Compound fans? This is producer Tom, and guess what? They're letting me do an ad read. How exciting. And I'm here today to talk to you about the great podcast we have at the John Boy Media Network. I want to talk to you about two in particular, Talking Baseball and Talking Yanks. Talking Yanks has new episodes coming out after every series, plus they drop bonus episodes like the Yankees just made a trade today. John Boy, Jake, BBD, they'll go live and they'll talk about it. So anytime you want to get your Yankees fixed, go to Talking Yanks, the best podcast you can find for Yankees baseball. And if you're a fan of the Go Tigers or, of course, these Chicago Cubs, you can tune in to Talkin' Baseball with John Boy, Jake, and former MLB player Trevor Plouffe. They cover all 30 MLB teams and give you episodes three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So if you're a fan of baseball, John Boy Media has you covered. We also got Farm to Fame. That covers guys like Dakota and the Miners. That's with former MLB player Peter Moylan and so many other podcasts. But check out Talking Yanks, and if you're a fan of the Cubs or Tigers, check out Talking Baseball. Available wherever you get podcasts. Now, back to the show. Well, we're in a stretch right now. I think just scheduling's interesting because we're in a stretch right now where we had our last off day was 
July 1st, I believe. And then we played up until the All-Star break. We got the All-Star break, the four days, and we don't have another off day until next week. So we're we're in the middle of like 20 straight. I just like playing the, the idea of 162, especially at like a shortstop position. It's just like, like, how do you not like you need a mental day sometimes. Say if you're struggling at the in the box or on defense, it's like, hey, sorry, man, rolling out there. You're in the three hole. Zach, I think you could do it. I think you could could do it because when you sit on the bench, I think mentally you're only worse. Like it just makes you worse because all you do is think more when you sit on the bench and you have such bad ADD that you'll just be sitting there holding the bat the whole time anyway, pretending to hit. Yesterday though, Miggy was DHing and yesterday was like the first time I actually got hitting out of him talking hitting bro. It was so sick. He was like talking about how Vlad and Manny used to talk to him and like he learned from Pudge his first year. And, like, me and Robbie Grossman are sitting there and, like, you know, Robbie's been around for a little bit. And, like, he walks away, whatever. I turn to Robbie. I was like, Robbie, no matter what conversation I have in the big leagues, it will not top that conversation we just had for the last 10 to 15 minutes, no matter what. When are you going to get him on the pod then? We can talk hitting for 30 minutes with him. I know. Send, send me the full transcript of that conversation, all right? Dude. You know Zach has it locked in his brain. Actually, no, Zach's not smart enough to remember. Right, yeah, hey, no, if I can pay attention to something like that, that is going right up there. But it was just like, you know how Miggy's like the signature Miggy like move? Yeah, he did, it, he did it last night and hit an oppo fucking laser. Unbelievable, dude. 495, right? Yeah. I'm praying that I'm here for that 500. Oh, my God. Get some knocks tonight then, kid, you know? Hey, great point. Um, so like, Get on base for him. I was like, Mickey, you ever, you know, like, have you always done that? And he's like, no, Poppy, you know, like, I used to be like this and just, like, go straight to it. And he was like, Pudge yelled at me one day when I was a rookie. And I was like, what? what are you talking about? He goes, hey, motherfucker, load, get loaded. And, yeah, and I was like, oh. It's like, so, like, so, like, when you did that, did you know, like, that was going to be your move for the rest of your career? And he goes, no. I struck out three times in my first game, and I said, fuck it, I'm still doing it. And then never looked back. Zach. It's amazing. Yes, Dakota. <laughs> Nick Martini calls Eric Castillo Pudge Rodriguez. <laughs> That's great. And it's the funniest thing. He's like, come on, Pudge. Here you go, Pudge. Swing it. And I love it. I lose it every time. Eric, for reference, Eric Castillo is a catcher who we've all played with, who's been in the Cubs organization for at least 10, 10 years. years. It's been 10 years. He, he told us the other day he, he signed like 10 years ago and he's still with the Cubs. He's a stud. Let's let's Welcome. talk real quick about the draft just happened. And I think we should all go around and share our draft experience. Also, nice Manscaped shirt. Had a baby. Way to rep the brand. Your balls will thank you. That's what it says. Ian, since you probably had the best out of all three of us, you should go first. Okay. Um, Mine's not really that cool. Yeah, so I was – I was done playing because the Bearcats stunk that year. Um, so you I actually had been done for like two weeks. So I traveled around and done some of the like last minute workouts for teams and um, kind of had a sense of who was interested, but uh, didn't obviously didn't go to New York, stayed at home um, with my family. So we were in Columbus, Ohio, my parents' house. Didn't have a ton of people over. What? What pick were you? Nine. Nine. Okay. So 
my uncle and cousin were there uh, and then immediate family. And we were, you know, sitting there watching uh, in the living room, had a TV set up in the living room and we were sitting there watching and um, thought there was a chance at four with the Rangers. And so like that came and went. And then um, the next, what we thought was possible was, was the Cubs at nine. And so kind of watching um, the Red Sox took Ben attendee. So that was like the first college outfielder to go. Cause after this, the first three picks, it was like Bregman and Dan's went early. And then, so I get a call from my agent saying, Hey, the Cubs are going to take you. Um, you know, is this number work and are we all good to say yes? And so that was sorted and, we that was right before the eighth pick was announced. So hung up the phone. Carson Fulmer gets drafted to the White Sox at eight, and then just kind of sat there and waited and watched. And uh, it was a crazy night moment, um, being able to sit there and watch it and celebrate with family, pop champagne, and then we had a non-alcoholic champagne as well. And my brother went to saber it. You, if you you can use a, a knife or. A, saber or sword and you can pop the champagne and the it'll fly right off <clears throat> but something with the the carbonation of the non-alcoholic champagne he went to pop it and it just exploded in his hand and it was all over the kitchen floor like five minutes after i was drafted but it was a great night and we were able to to spend it as a family that is awesome and then i talked to the talked to the chicago remember sitting like one of my most vivid memories of it was sitting on the living room couch and talking and like doing an interview with the Chicago media right after, which was like very, like it was very strange because you don't, you never do that in college. And then like, then you're on a call with, you know, 30 Chicago media members answering questions and like 20 year old kid. We should have had him go last because our stories aren't going to have near, like near as cool. No, go ahead there, Mixie. I mean, it's like Hap said, like, uh, when they called and asked, like, if this number works. Like, I don't think people realize, like, most of the time in the draft, it's literally just all about getting a number that you have in your head that you and, like, your advisor at the time come up with. And it just comes down to, like, what team is going to meet that number. So, for me, when I went into the draft, like, I really badly wanted to go back to school. So, like, I set a pretty high number for being a relief pitcher. And I was getting calls. Uh, what's the first? Is the first day just round one? I think that, and they I think one in the like one one a the comp round, right? Yeah, it's like one and yeah. But on, on day two, like I'm getting calls in like the sixth, seventh round, like <clears throat> asking me if I would sign for this or that. And I kept saying no because it wasn't the number I was asking for, and I like really wanted to go back to school, like. I had a good relationship with all the guys there. I liked the coaching staff, like had a lot of fun. Um, and then like, I think like the Astros called the Red Sox called and I was just like, no, no. And then eventually the Cubs called and like came pretty close to my number. And I was just like, I like my advisor called me and said, they're offering this. And I was like, let me think about it. And I like sat back and thought about it, called one of my buddies and I was just like, what should I do? And he's like, I mean, you have to take it. And I was like, all right. Called my advisor back, said yes. I was literally just sitting in my living room while this was happening. My mom was in the backyard doing yard work. My dad was showing houses. And 
I said yes. And I like went out to tell my mom, I go, Hey, just so you know, like I'm probably about to be drafted uh, in the next round. She's like, okay, cool. Like, sounds good. And I just like went on the computer. Cause I don't think they still do it on TV and just literally like watched them pick it like on the computer. And then that was it. I was literally just sitting there watching it on the computer. I was like, Oh, cool. And then I like called my dad, told him, and that was, that was really all, all it was. It was nothing crazy. Like I was just sitting watching it on the computer by myself. Good story. I know. Zachary. Mine. Uh, I didn't really have a number to meet because I didn't put myself in a position that I had the choice to do so. I didn't play well enough my junior year. I kind of shit the bed. Um, but even going into the draft, you know, a lot of teams were saying, you know, hey, like late, late day two, which is like, I think, like third to 10th round. Um, so, you know, it goes a lot quicker than the first day of the picks. Like they're, you know, kind of moving a little bit quicker. And we're not really hearing anything. And the Cubs called my agent in the ninth and they said, hey, well, like, will he take this number in the 10th? And it was like significantly under slot, which is weird because then they gave Dakota significantly over slot for that pick. It's fucking assholes. Um, so Sorry. whatever, I didn't, I, I was I actually played golf that day with my, with my family. Cause we were like, you know what, let's, let's just go do something. You know, it's going to be a stressful day. Um, and like, we kind of had all the intention. I was going to get drafted on that day. Obviously didn't, you know, kept going and they were like, Hey, you know, stay ready for early day three. There was like a handful of teams like, Hey, you're going to get picked with one of our first picks of the, the next day. I was like, all right, sick. So I go to my brother's game really early in the morning in New Jersey. Say that say it starts at 10, the draft. And the third day is literally almost like they're picking names out of a hat. Like it is rapid fire. So it's like, all right, 10th round, 11th round, 12th round. And we just hear absolutely nothing. And I'm like looking at my parents. I'm like, when do we start deciding to go back to school? Because I had zero intention of going back. Like if I got picked, I'm gone, you know, for a reasonable number. I was like, I'm fucking out of here. Um, and I mean – when I say, like, there was radio silence between me and my agent, like, I didn't hear from the dude for, like, an hour. I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm going back to school. I have no idea what's going on. And it was just, like, again, 12th round, 13th, 14th, 15th. And, like, when we got to the 16th round, he was like, hey, you know, I'm in team's ears. You know, they're not really giving me much. And then the Cubs called him and said, hey, we're going to take him into the 17th pick or 17th round. And like you said, it was kind of, like, just such a relief to be done. You know, I was with my family watching the game. It was great. But – Talk about a stressful, however many, however many days it was. Just it's not like, fun. Like no, it's really not fun. Unless you're pap when you know you're gonna go in the first round or something like that, you know you're gonna get a lot of money no matter what. I'm sure it's a blast. Yeah. Yeah. The uh first of all, Zach, you're a big stressful golf guy, huh? Trade deadline <laughs> golfing. No, trade deadline golf was I'm not playing baseball, so I'm gonna go do something. The uh Enjoy the amateur tour. For, for me, I knew it was going to be over at some point that day. Um, but the from picks one to pick nine, because they dragged the draft out so long, it was probably an hour, hour and a half, you know, in between those picks. So it, but it was nothing like the lack of communication or like the, because I remember in high school, and I knew I wasn't going to get drafted in high school, but I thought like maybe somebody would courtesy throw me like a 39th round pick. Yeah. And make me feel good. Didn't. But I remember being on the golf course in high school and kind of watching the last 
five rounds of the draft on the phone. And, you know, a couple of kids from my area who also like weren't going to go or I didn't think were better than me got picked like really late. Uh, and I remember watching that and just being like, what the fuck? But it, that the stress of just like watching it on the phone and not having communication is brutal. Black, so, I bet yours sucked because you didn't want to go back to school. <clears throat> so you're like sitting there like, please, someone take me like I'll play for free. Bro, I, I wasn't as stressed out because I wanted to go back. So I was like, whatever, like if I don't get what I'm asking for, I'll just, I want to go back I, to school anyway. I, I don't think I, I really wouldn't have had like that tough of a time going back to school. Cause still all my best friends were there. And I was like, you know, but I was so set on getting drafted that year, but you know, I, I like I said, I didn't play well and that kind of, you know, really took a lot out of me and it was just like, all right, and at my exit meeting when we lost in the conference tournament, like my my coach was like, "Hey, you know, like what's your number of like you not going back?" It's like, "Why are we even having this conversation?" Like, I'm gonna get drafted. Like, we're, I'm get, it's gonna be a high enough number. I'm not coming back. And like that last day when I was just looking at my parents, I'm like, "I gotta call coach." I like, I'm coming back. This is fucking brutal. Hey, coach, I need some scholarship money, please. Oh, do you still have any of that money to say you're gonna give away? <laughs> Dakota, how long did you have on those phone? Because you said you made you called someone else after you got your call from your advisor. Like, how long did the Cubs give you to make your decision? They called me. So the Cubs called me <clears throat> or like talked to my advisor and my advisor called me in like the beginning of the ninth round and said, like, the Cubs want to take you in the 10th round. And I said, give me like two minutes. And I literally like hung up, called my buddy hung up with him, called my advisor back and said, yes. So it was literally like two minutes just cause like, I mean, they're not going to wait around for me to say yes. Like if, if I, if I delay at all, the Cubs would be like, Nope, next, this guy doesn't want to play. They were talking to Zach at the same time. Literally. They also, so since I was over slot, you got to figure out like, since I don't know if people know, like there's slots in each round. So like, you got to figure out if you're going to pay me over slot, you have to get, somebody else in this round under slot and then like it's got all like even out somehow and it's a mess that was kind of funny because so they told me right away that hey you know if we if we take you in the 10 will you take like just under slot and i was like yeah you know what like great whatever it's fine it's really not it's still a lot of money they called back and they're like hey Sorry, what about man. this number and we're like that's getting pretty low but <laughs> Let's get the fuck off the board. And they said, they let's go the opposite back. direction. They back. And they say, hey, how about this number? We're like, what the fuck is going on? Like, how low are we going? I'm like, no. And they said, opposite direction. We're going to pay this said, guy. You know what? We got this guy next. He wants $7 bazillion to not go back to school. So we got to give it to him. Hey, if they didn't give it, you would have got yours, and I would have oh, never I been a got Cub. $5 compared to what you got. And I would have never been a Cub, and we would have never met. So. Oh. Dude. Thanks for sacrificing, Zach. Dude. I was a good guy in my draft. I took under slot, gave it to the rest of the guys. Oh, stop. You were a ninth <laughs> overall pick. Under slot was still like three million. It was still under. That is disgusting. You're gross. Actually, you know, you know who's a nice guy is Duncan Robinson, our good friend. Because he was a ninth rounder that took on he was a fifth year senior or fourth year senior, Zach? No, just a senior. And he took under slot so that I was Able to get gave, over gave it right to you, huh? Yeah. What, a, what a guy. What a gentleman. What you are. Hey, he ain't hurting for the money. <laughs> Let's do screen times. 
Don't forget about this episode being brought to you by Parse Rum. Parse Rum, it's our favorite rum. It's your favorite rum. I had somebody yell right in my face behind the dugout yesterday. I had some I had some Parse last night, actually. You did? Had an off day, had a nice little glass of Parse, you know? Nice. Good stuff. I, uh, I, was, I also got I got my John Boy Media jersey yesterday, which was... That looked sick. I saw that. That was a good one. I'm a, I mean, I, I don't think... Zach might be able to get one. I don't think I got the resume to get one yet. No, I uh, I think they lost mine in the mail. I think it's up. They might somewhere. get you like a, they might send you a Miggy one. And be like, hey, can you have Miggy wear this? <laughs> Dakota, I want yours to say Meeksy on the back of it. That's fine. Somebody asked me to sign something the other day. They go, can you sign it and put your nickname? And I was like, I've never heard that. So I signed it and then put Meeksy in parentheses. I was like, whatever, it works. <laughs> Four thirty-five. Four sixteen. 407 sign half the loser let's go Zach's have gone increasingly down since he got to the big leagues though yeah can't be on my phone with all these people being my dms for death threats i thought you were gonna say all these girls i was like oh shouty is that shouty <laughs> is that shouty zach where are you uh minnesota how's the hotel good the lows not bad huh not bad. It's, it's just five star. Yeah, it's not. It's not bad compared to what I'm used to, though. There's a TV, not the there's best. A TV in my bathroom. Oh, so it's not too bad. But there's a TV in the. You're people are gonna puke when they hear that part. He's a show guy now. Like the size and rice. Anything else, guys? That's episode seventy of the Compound Zach is Podcast. Zach gonna get us a guest for next week. Yeah, come on, Zach. Zach's been threatening to get us a Go Tigers guest. I had already had two guys on our team who said they would do it. Okay, well. Figure out a time. Yeah. What are we doing? It's kind of tough when. All right. You know what? No excuses. No excuses. That's all. Go Tigers. Like champion. Go Tigers. Episode 70. Episode 70 of the Compound Podcast. We'll have a lot more to talk about next week after the trade deadline. Oh my God. Uh, it's going to be mayhem next week. Next week might be. Ian might be crying next week. DVD. Ian might be playing shortstop next week. Don't comment. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 70 of the Compound Podcast presented by Parsley Rum. Go get some Parsley. See you next week.